Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and I am one of your hosts today. There's another host that is joining me, Daniel Sun. Heyo. Now, real quick, before we start today's episode, I just want to say that if you would like to support the show, then there's a few ways that you could do that. One of the ways is Patreon. Each week, we release a Patreon-exclusive episode that only Patreon supporters can get access to. To sign up, it's only $5 a month, which is only 16 cents a day. Not only do you get an extra episode per week for that $5, but you also get access to our entire back catalog of past Patreon episodes. In total, we have over 112 extra Patreon episodes, which is a lot of extra hours of listening pleasure. So to see this full list of Patreon episodes, you can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com. You can click on the Patreon episodes tab and it will populate all of the previous Patreon-exclusive episodes that we have published. Also, today we added another Patreon-exclusive episode, which is a Theories Thursday exclusive, where we go over a crazy cult in Thailand, as well as people who drill holes into their heads to raise their consciousness to a higher level. And we got a video of people doing that, so just the FYI. It's insane. Oh, I got a video of the cult, but we'll talk about that on Patreon. Oh, I like that. So you get access to that episode, as well as all of the others for just $5. Now, if you can't afford a Patreon membership, but you want to help us out, then you can leave us a written review on Spotify or on iTunes. And that helps us out a lot. However, don't feel pressure to leave us one. If you don't want to, then that's fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, ghosts, Illuminati members, underground lizard people, whoever or whatever you are, to enjoy the show. And that is the end of the announcements. So today's episode is a Theories Thursday. And if you aren't familiar with a Theories Thursday, it's pretty much where me and Dan, we pick our favorite theory of the week. We don't tell each other about it. We do our own research. And then uh, we take turns telling each other about it. So yeah, that's how today's episode's going to go. We're going to do a random.org list to see who goes first. And then we'll take turns telling each other uh, about our theories. So let's see. Aaron, Dan. All right. Dan, give me a number between one to ten. Nine. All right. We're going to randomize it nine times. One, two, three, six, seven, and nine. All right. And it didn't change at all. The list, it stayed in the exact order the whole time. All right. Dan, you go first and I go second. All right, all right. I feel like this, nice. was, this was staged, but okay. <laughs> it's rigged, it's rigged. <laughs> all right, Dan, so what is your topic this week? So I went through a bunch of topics trying to figure out which one I wanted to cover, and I found one that was quite interesting. It's short, but it's very interesting, I think. This one is about a Mexican wrestler named La Luchadora, or a.k.a. The Silent Lady. Oh, my gosh. I know about her. You know about Juana Barraza? Yes. Okay. If you don't know, I like wrestling. I mean, 
I don't watch WWE now, but back in the day, WWF, WCW, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Macho Man, uh, yeah. I used to watch it all the time, so I'm very familiar with this luchadora. Yeah, I, I was going through it, and I found her, and I'm just like, you know, Aaron likes wrestling, and this is a very interesting one, and like, she's very stocky. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> she looks she's like built. she could be a, you know, badass wrestler. Yeah. All right, so tell us about her, Dan. Start the story off. All right. So her real name is Juana Barraza. She was 49 years old at the time, like, all of this went down. So, you know, down in Mexico, they are huge fans of wrestling. They wear, like, the colorful mask, and they get all into their, you know, persona down there. I think much more than WWE and all that stuff, I think. So Barraza was one of the female wrestlers down there, and it wasn't, like, her main job. Her main job was actually like a popcorn vendor during the day. So sometimes when she had the chance, she would wrestle. And like I said, she was stocky. She had the physique for it. She was stocky, strong. And when she took the stage, she had the persona as the silent lady, which I believe she wrestled in the amateur circuit. Is the silent lady because she didn't talk? That's what I'm assuming. I mean, it makes sense. Big, powerful, didn't talk a lot. The silent lady. Either that or she silenced people. I don't know. But I will share, we will have a picture for her so you can see. Yeah, and if you want to see this picture, just go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com. Click on references and scroll down and her picture will be right there. With the belt. So I guess she was actually really good. She had a belt. Yeah, so she has like a pink, what is that, like a spandex suit on. And with a butterfly mask. A butterfly mask. <laughs> and she has red hair and she's holding a belt and she's pretty built. She's stocky. Looks like almost like a... Pink Ranger, Power Ranger. All right, so what's the story behind her? So popcorn vendor, wrestler, that was like her day life. But during the night, she had a different hobby. And this hobby gained her the notorious name La Matavijitas, a.k.a. the old, little old lady killer. Estimated, you know, around uh, 42 to 48 women that she had murdered. That's how much the police thinks, at least. But her official number was 16 murders. Now, I figure when I start talking about her, I should at least mention her childhood a little bit because it does kind of play a part in probably why she did the murders. When she was born, her mother, Husta, was unfortunately an alcoholic. And when Barraza was about 12 years old, her mother actually exchanged her to somebody else, pretty much like gave her away. And they believe it was for alcohol. So when she was 12, she was pretty much sold for alcohol to some other guy. That's horrible. Yeah, it's friggin' terrible. And I have to say, listener discretion coming up. Trigger warning coming up. Yep, trigger warning. She didn't have a very good childhood with this new guardian of hers. Because it was either him or another man that was involved with the guardian. They ended up pretty much, hate to say it, they raped her. This is when she was still young, you know, 12 years old. And she ended up becoming pregnant with her first son. Now, I don't know how far or how long this went on, but she ended up having four kids total. And then pretty much her eldest son, you know, ended up passing away from injuries, from what I read, which supposedly happened during a mugging, which I, I don't know why, but I feel like that's questionable in this story. And that's honestly all that I could find on her background for her childhood. Like, there's really not much information, but I figured it needed to be said need to be told because it does play a part, I believe. 
Okay. And yeah, you see a lot of um, killers or individuals who have difficulties in life. And when you look into their background, they all have similar upbringings. It's sad. Now, back to the main story part of it. Barraza's nightlife was totally different from her day life. She was a killer. And it started in 2003 when they, you know, her little streak of killings started to happen. Somehow, Barraza had gained access to a list. And on this list was pretty much elderly women who were on government assistance, pretty much like welfare. She would actually use this list to pick out elderly women that lived alone as her targets. She would then use fake credentials to impersonate like a nurse, saying she was, you know, sent there to check up on them. or, And then, of course, the elderly women would be like, oh, okay, sure, you know, come on in. And then as she got in there, she would then pretty much like if you look at her photo, no, like, I mean, she overpowered her victims. Like, you see the picture of her. You can see how her physique is. She overpowered her, the elderly women, and then she would pick, like, either stockings, telephone cords, or I think her last victim was killed using a stethoscope. I wonder why she picked old women. I have a theory about that at the end. Okay, all right, we'll save that for the end then. Now, after killing the elderly women, she would go and search through their house for something to take as, like, a memento. And... You know, they, the police, as like they, you know, searched all these murder sites and all that, they knew that she took something, but they were just like, it didn't seem like she was stealing for financial gains or anything like that. It was just like she was taking something personal of theirs. And most of the time, what she stole was like a religious trinket or something. But the police didn't really have much to go on. The only thing that they suspected was that this was a man who was confused with their sexual identity and they probably had a traumatic events happen in their, you know, childhood. And that's because some people said like they seen someone with a stocky physique and they were wearing women's clothing as they left like certain houses and stuff. So that's what they you know, suspected that it was probably a man wearing women's clothing with what they thought that it was a man dressed in women's clothing. Guess what they ended up doing? I, I don't know. Targeted men only. They targeted men. They went after cross dressing men that were sex workers. Oh, Jesus Christ. They ended up gathering a bunch of them, and they were questioning them and all that, and it actually sparked an outrage with the community, because it was pretty much profiling. And what year was this again? 2003. Oh, okay. See, I was thinking back in the 70s or 80s. No, this is like more current. Yeah. Okay. Now, of course, they didn't find the killer, because it was not a man, it was a woman. So, this continued on for a couple more years. They could not find out who it was killing these elderly women. It wasn't until about 2006 that the police actually caught a break. One of the witnesses was a younger lady that was renting a room from an 82-year-old woman, you know, that was renting out one of the rooms out of her houses. Now, when the young lady arrived home, she bumped into Barraza walking out of the house. But she didn't really pay her any mind because, you know, she was dressed up as like a nurse and stuff. And as the lady walked into the house, she found her pretty much her elderly landlord dead on the floor. And she hurried up and called the police. And with her calling as fast as she did and gave the description of like who she bumped into, like this old big stocky physiqued nurse, the police were actually able to apprehend Barraza before she actually made it out of the area. Now, Barraza had just strangled the elderly lady. And what she used was a stethoscope. And of course, she wasn't quick enough to get out of the area. So they, of course, got her. 
And during questioning, Barraza only confessed to killing that one elderly woman. And what she said and stated was, I only did it out of hatred for elderly women in general. That was her statement. So pretty much she confessed to murder, but she said it was just because she hated elderly women. Now, the police were just like, okay, well, we did a background check on you, you know, and somehow I guess they found out part of her past of things that happened to her, and especially how her mother gave her away. They're just like, maybe that's why she actually did it. So she's probably telling the truth about, you know, she just hated elderly women. But Barraza was just like, you know, I don't know why you're coming after me. I'm not the only person behind the killings. Uh Uh-oh. She said, and I quote, With all due respect to the authorities, there are several of us involved in extortion and killing people. So why don't the police go after the others, too? So she's saying there's a network of people who extort these older ladies? Yes. And if they don't pay up, then they send her in and she kills them? That's what I'm guessing. Now, of course, with Barraza saying that, she was trying to make it seem like there was more than one, you know, assailant with committing these murders. But the police was just like, no, 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 no. She's acting alone in all this because we actually got fingerprints from all these different murders scenes and her fingerprints match all of those. So this rules out any other suspect, you know, involved. So with that evidence, with just pretty much her fingerprints and her getting caught at the last one, they've charged her with 16 different murders. Now, the police said, though, that she was involved with around 42 to 48 different murders, but they can't prove it. Now, with those 16 charges, she was actually convicted and sentenced to 759 years in prison. (laughs) That's what I don't get. Why do they do that? Do do they think all of a sudden she's going to become immortal and live past 100? Yeah, why don't they just say lifetime? Like a life sentence. That's, I don't know. But honestly, that right there is pretty much the story of La Luchadora. And of course, there wasn't really any strange facts other than like the things that she said. But the theories, of course, is that she did this out of hatred of elderly women because of what her mother did to her. The fact that her mother sold her off for alcohol. So as she got older and I guess stronger, she decided to start taking out her hatred, you know, on elderly women just to get. I guess, back at her mother is what they said. Do you think that maybe she thought to herself, my mother is probably an alcoholic. She's probably getting government assistance if she's still alive. And this is assuming she didn't know her mother and where she was at and all that stuff. And she got the list of elderly women from the government getting assistance. And she was going to each one of them killing them in hopes that she would come across her mother. So she was hunting down her mother, basically. See, but she knew her mother's name, though. Mm. But your theory right there actually connects to what I think it is in the second theory I have. Okay. What's your theory? Is that it was a government operation. What? Uh, Hear me out here. Hear me out here. All of these elder women are on government assistant programs. Say that the funding for that program's running low, but the government wants it to keep going. Say someone wanted it to, I guess, cut down on some of their... Clients, you could say, clients or people that are helping out so that funding wouldn't be so tight. Because how, how do you think that Barraza got that list of elderly women who were on governmental assistance programs? I have no idea. The only way is somehow having connections. That's exactly what I thought. That someone that had access to this list knew about Barraza's background, what happened to her and everything. And they took advantage of her. It's like, hey, you know, we'll keep looking for your mother, like through our list to see if she'll ever like pop up on here. 
because, you know, she's an alcoholic. She's probably on, you know, assistant program. But you take out some of these old women for us as, in exchange for that. So, of course, you know, with her hatred of her mother trying to find her, she had no problem doing this. She had the physique. She had the strength to do it. She could overpower these elderly women. And she was probably getting paid on the side because, honestly, I don't know how much popcorn vendors make. And she was doing the wrestling, like, as a side gig. Okay, I can see that. But, I mean, there's a lot of other possibilities to this. She could have been just the muscle, like she said, for the gangs. She could have been. Like the gang said, hey, we need this lady taken out. Or, the, like you said, the government was running low on funds, so they get her to go off these older ladies. It's messed up, but... It is. Maybe wrestling wasn't enough for her. She, you know, you pin them down, that's it. But she wanted to go even further with it. So, outside of it, she just wanted to pretty much wrestle these old women and then kill them. Have you seen the pictures of all of her victims? Oh, God, I don't want to look at them again. Don't look at them, but you could go and easily find the crime scene photos, and it does look like a wrestling ring inside that house. Yeah, I've looking at those photos, I feel really bad for these women. Yeah, it's horrible. Now, another option here is that maybe the police just used her as a scapegoat for an actual serial killer. See, that's what also another thing I thought about, because as soon as they got her, they pinned her for 16 different murders. They're just like, oh, your fingerprints are on these, but you know, we also think that you're involved in these other 42 to 48 murders, which, I mean, she could be, but, you know, what if she's not? And they're just like, you know, we could pin all these different murders on her just to close out the case. Yeah, so she actually confessed to murdering four women, but she denied murdering any of the others. Like, the police said, oh, they connected her to at least 10 killings, but they suspect she was involved in up to 40 or 60 of them. But she was like, no, I only killed four women. So I think the police might have been lazy and been like, hey, we got a whole bunch of these other unsolved murders of these old ladies that we don't give a shit about. Let's just pin it on this chick. Yeah, and see, another thing is the statement that she gave them. You know, there's other people involved in this, but yet they just kind of blew it off. They're just like, no, we just found your fingerprints at the crime scene. So it's just you. She was like the mastermind behind all of it. But I feel like there's more to it. There is. There's definitely something weird going on. I still think it was a government hit on those poor old ladies. Well, I loved that Theories Thursday from you, Dan. I know. I wish it was a little bit longer, but it was just too good, and it's mysterious on how she got the stuff. It is. If you or a loved one have been a luchadora in Mexico and have wrestled Juana Bazara, a.k.a. Little Old Lady Killer, or a.k.a. The Lady of Silence, La Dama del Silencio, send us an email. We'd love to hear about it. Let us know how the fight match went. All right. Well, I guess we transition to my theory. Yeah. All right. So my topic today is not a story or something that happened, Dan. It is more of a hypothetical as to what I believe happened and to what I believe is going to happen. Okay. So I'm going to be predicting the future. All right. Does this have anything to do with CERN? No. No, it doesn't have anything to do with CERN. Which was our last regular episode, if you haven't listened to that. Yeah, and hey, they already started the Large Hadron Collider up at CERN. We haven't been sucked into a black hole yet that we're aware of. So, congratulations. I think it started at 10 a.m. today, Eastern Standard Time, and they found three new particles so far. Really? Yeah. God dang. All right. Crazy. So, um, to start my topic off, I need to teach all of you listeners, including you, Dan about fungi, or if you're from England, 
fungi, however which way you pronounce it, okay? But I'm going to pronounce it fungi. How do you pronounce it, Dan? Fungi. Okay, that's how I'm pronouncing it today, all right? So on the surface, I mean, this may be a little boring, but just trust me, okay? This is all going to tie together, and it is going to blow your mind. All right, so fungi is pretty much everywhere, and most of the time we are unaware of it. For an example, it's in the air we breathe, it's in the food we eat, in the ground that we walk on, and it's even on us and inside of us. Now, there are many different types of fungi that are found in nature, such as yeasts, rusts, mildews, molds, and mushrooms. Now, even though it might not seem like it, fungi are not plants, all right? Also, they can only live and grow if they have food, water, and oxygen, pretty much just like us. However, uh, fungi doesn't chew up its food, and it doesn't drink its water, and it doesn't breathe the air. So you're probably wondering, how the hell does this thing get its food, water, and oxygen? All right, I'm going to get a little scientific here, okay? So stick with me. So fungi grows out these narrow threads that sort of look like little tiny branches. And these branches spread out. Now these branches are called hyphae. Now these hyphae travel out and search for food, water, and oxygen. Once they find it, these nutrients are then absorbed. And by the way, just an FYI, these hyphae, these little branches that are spread out, as a whole, they're called mycelium. So when you hear people say, oh, that's the mycelium network, they're talking about individual little hyphae's. Okay, there you go. Oh, okay. All right, so this hyphae, it just keeps spreading and spreading, this mycelium network, growing bigger and bigger, and sometimes it changes its form and a mass of this arranged hyphae kind of come up out of the ground, and it forms into what is known as a mushroom. Science. The mycelium network is a mushroom? That's what's like sticking out of the ground? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It grows up up out of the ground eventually, and it, boop, creates a mushroom. Now, what this mushroom does is it releases millions of spores, and these spores travel throughout the air, and then they land into the ground, right? And if the conditions are right wherever it lands, these Spores dig into the ground, boom, they release their hyphae, which creates another mycelium network, and it spreads, and it continues to colonize new environments, and it continues to do that more and more, just searching for food and existing. And also, something that you should know, so even though mushrooms are probably the best-known fungi, there are many others, like I mentioned before, you know, such as molds, yeasts, and mildews, etc. Now, fungi is important. All right, it has produced some amazing benefits for humans, such as penicillin. However, fungi has also produced some horrible things. For an example, let's go back in time to 2011. I was working in Michigan as a contractor for a nuclear plant there. I was staying at the Red Roof Inn, okay? I, uh, <laughs> I go into my shower, take a shower before I go to work. I look up at the ceiling, and I notice there's black mold. I'm like, damn! Yeah, so I called up the hotel staff and I said, hey, we got black mold in our shower. So they sent people in, and you know what they did? Painted over it. They just just painted over it. And it it doesn't fix it. When you paint over it, it doesn't fix it. You got to take all that out and get new ceiling tiles or whatever it's infected. I know there's some stuff that you can use to kill it, but it's still kind of there. Yeah, and it's horrible for you. You're not supposed to breathe it in. 
No, not at all. Yeah. Some other examples of horrible things that fungi has produced. Ringworm, athlete's foot, infections in the mouth or throat, known as thrush, infections in the vagina, known as yeast infections, uh, and much more. And, I mean, it just isn't these things in humans that are horrible that fungi create. Sometimes they completely devastate crops. For an example, it is estimated that fungal pathogens cause the loss of hundreds of billions of dollars across the world every year. And it is worth mentioning that fungal pathogens can also infect multiple different species of plants. For an example, there's a fungus called Botrytis bunch rot, and it can infect and destroy more than 1,400 different species of plants, including strawberries, grapes, raspberries, blackberries, beans, lettuce, and even flowers like roses, daisies, orchids, and a lot more. So it's just not to one specific thing. They can infect and destroy a lot of different things. All right, so the last thing that I want to mention real quick in my science lesson before going into my hypothetical is the intelligence of fungi. Now, a lot of people assume that fungi is not intelligent. However, let me tell you how it survives, and then you can tell me that if you believe it's not intelligent. All right, Dan? All right. So once a pathogenic fungus infects a plant or it gets on the surface of it, the fungus starts to follow the plant's growing stages in order to survive. For an example, let's say if we have like an apple tree, right? A fungus lands on it, and it's on one of its leaves, and it's on the actual tree itself, okay? Now it turns autumn, and the apple tree starts losing all of its leaves. And then, of course, an apple tree in the winter, it is alive, but it's dormant, right? Now during this period of this apple tree being dormant, the fungus, what it will do, it, it won't die out. What it does is it hides inside of the tree, waiting for favorable conditions to grow, or it moves to another host plant or tree that is active during that unfavorable period. For an example, it may move to another plant or tree, but once that apple tree comes back up and becomes non-dormant, it will move back to it and infect it as well. Now, let's say if the fungus was in the leaves of the tree and those leaves fell to the ground before it could infect the tree itself, is what would happen is that the fungus, in order for it to survive in the winter, it would go into the ground and bury itself and feed on dead plants and animals. And then in the springtime, when the tree is popping up and ready to be infected, the fungus says to itself, holy shit, I got to reach this tree. How am I going to do it? So what it does is that, boom, it forms a mushroom, it produces spores, and those spores are transported by the wind and, or water or insects or whatever to that tree. And once the spores stick to the surface of it, it then burrows itself in and starts infecting it. Now, after it goes inside of it, of course, it produces all of this hyphae. They spread out like a virus searching for nutrients in the tree. And as crazy as that sounds, have you ever heard of the fungus that infects ants? No. So there is a fungus that takes over ants and turns them into zombies. Oh, that. Yes. And instead of me telling you about it, I figured we'd listen to a short two-minute clip of National Geographic explaining this fungus so I can give my voice a rest, okay? So we're going to listen to that right 
now. Days ago, a spool landed on this ant. Now she's acting strange. A network of roots has infiltrated her muscles. Her body has been taken over by cordyceps, a parasitic fungus. It floods her brain with chemicals, drugging her, compelling her to head where conditions are perfect. Just the right amount of light, just the right amount of humidity for the parasite growing inside. It forces her to clamp down in a death bite and cordyceps reveals its gruesome nature. After three weeks of growth, cordyceps can release its own spores, infecting more ants, releasing more spores, infecting more ants, releasing more spores, infecting more ants, infecting it literally made it go up to like a high place so it could grow better just so that it could pretty much multiply. Yeah. At first I thought it was like climbing the tree then it made it bite down into the tree so it can go into the tree. No, I wanted to spread and survive. Yeah. Just like us. I mean, we're the same way as humans. Our main thing is that we want to survive. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Now that we have a good understanding of fungi, how it spreads, the intelligence of it, and all that good stuff. Let's get into my main topic today. So as most of you may know, especially you, Dan, I love to read. And I mostly read science fiction, but I can pretty much sit down and read anything except love stories. I hate those, especially Daniel Steele. My grandmother used to get Daniel Steele. I hate those books. Absolutely hate them. My sister had those books when uh, she lived here for a while. Yeah, when I used to stay up at camp during the summer with my grandmother, I'd be like, hey, do you have anything to read? And she's like, here, come look at my bookshelf. And it was packed with nothing but Daniel Steele books. I'm like, damn, man, I don't want to read about Fabio and love. I hated him. Anyway. Also, Aaron loves mushrooms. So as soon as he started this, I knew. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love mushrooms. I love taking pictures of them. I just love everything about them. Okay. All right. Um, so, of course, I love reading. And a few weeks ago, I was on the Internet looking for some new book suggestions. And I came across an interesting science fiction novel called The Fungus that was written in 1985 by Harry Adam Knight. Now, have you read this book, Dan? The Fungus? No. Is it worth it? I'm going to order it for you and send it to your house. It's so good. You know what? Order it and then hand it to me when we get to Texas. Okay. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown of this book. So there is a scientist that is trying to solve world hunger. So the scientist started to do some genetic manipulation of mushrooms and she ends up cultivating a fungus which causes mushrooms to grow absolutely enormous very quickly. And when I mean enormous, I mean like 10 to 20 feet tall. That's how big. Okay. Yeah, and she's doing all of this in a lab, so it's all contained. Now, somehow, these genetically modified spores of this fungus end up escaping the lab, and it spreads across all of England. So these spores begin to burrow into the ground, and of course, these gigantic mushrooms come up out of the ground that are like 20, 30, 40 feet tall, and of course, they cause more spores to spread, and it just it becomes hectic. 
not only does these spores affect the ground and create gigantic mushrooms, but it also infects the people, and some of them end up dying. However, the ones who survive after they're exposed to these spores, they end up being like transformed into some weird fungus monster. Now, at that point, England is cut off from the rest of the world, and all the other countries and everybody around the world are like, we're going to bomb it. And the French at that point are like, no, 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 we're going to nuke the entire country to stop the spread of this fungus. So there it is. That's pretty much the summary of it. It's a great book. Definitely reminds me of that game, The Last of Us. I don't know why. (laughs) All right. So after seeing this book and reading it, I ended up going down the rabbit hole of looking into deadly fungi and all of the possibilities with that. So during my research, I ended up stumbling upon a very, very odd document that was titled Deadly Cosmic Fungus. Now, upon reading this 26-page document, I was kind of shocked. And I thought to myself, this would make a great Theories Thursday topic. And that's what I decided to do. Now, I had to, like, warm y'all up to fungi, right? And give you a little science background to it before I go into this document. So we're going to read a little bit of this document. And uh, then we're going to go into the hypotheticals, okay? So the first part of the document states the following. We are part of an international team that will be releasing data in the coming months. We are a collective of scientists, geneticists, professors, and philosophers. I'm going to break this down in the simplest, most non-scientific way possible. Sources and more detail will be provided as we dig deeper. So the document then goes into detail, making some very interesting claims. It states that, and I quote, Fungus broke our genetic code as humans 15,000 years ago. We traced it to a specific geolocation and point in time. The fungus affected our IL-17 and IL-22 pathways, CARD-9 and STAT-1 gene, allowing chronic systematic infections while we are still in the womb. It takes early control of our body systems and uses us as a food source. It is intelligent, and can work in colonies as one superorganism. It is responsible for nearly every disease known. It causes brain disorders, tooth decay, heart problems, organ problems, and it is the primary factor of aging itself. Then the document goes on to say that the majority of the world population is predisposed to have a lifetime infection and to pass it down to their children. This infection of this fungi influences your thoughts, behaviors, and eating habits. It prompts deviant and impulsive behavior, it destroys your hormone balance, and it causes a lifetime of illness, depression, and anxiety. No coordinated effort has been put together to fight this hidden abomination until now, which is why we must remain nameless. So that is what the start of the document says. But, of course, it doesn't end there. It's 26 pages long, and we don't have time to read the entire thing on this episode. However, we're going to go over the highlights of it, and I'll provide a link of it on our website if anybody wants to go read it. All right. So pretty much what it's saying is that, like you said, all of the diseases known to humankind, even aging, is caused by this fungi. Fungus. That all of humans are infected with this fungus. As we're in the womb growing. Yes, and it's passed down from our parents and that it started 15,000 years ago. And it's what causes, like, impulsive behavior, depression, 
even aging itself, is all caused from this fungus. Before we go into theories, let's talk about how they said the origins of this fungus infection started. And it's real short because they go into detail about how it all started. And then we'll go into some theories, okay? All right. So the document continues on and it goes into the origins of this fungus infection in humans. So Dan, do you want to read this one part right here for me? Of course. All right, before we get into that, let's take a quick break. We will be right back. All right, welcome back. It states that it started way back 15,000 years ago. At that time, there were individuals who lived in a dark grotto and were known for raising pigeons. The pigeons are notorious for carrying many different forms of pathogenic fungi. After generations of these people living in this confined space, raising pigeons and breathing in spores, this is where the infection happened. Since then, it has been spreading all across the world from person to person. So that's how they state it started. A bunch of people were living in a cave, raising pigeons. Pigeons were shitting, carrying fungus. They got this fungal infection, and they spread it. Hmm. All right, so the document after that, it goes into super detail about how this infection travels to a baby when it's being born from a mother who is infected with it. Like, it goes into super detail, and I'm not that uh, well-versed in that medical field, so... Anybody who's interested in it, just go take a look at it and let me know. All right. After that, the document then goes into various claims about how to get rid of the fungus by drinking various things and concoctions, which I want to say I do not advise anyone to do that, okay? I'm just showing you this document, okay? I want to make that clear. Uh, the document then goes on to make certain claims about the fungus being linked to brain issues. And I do want to be clear again, in no way am I saying that this is the cause of cancer, aging, brain issues, or anything medical or anything like that. So that's pretty much what the document says, right? That there's this fungus, they provide the supposed scientific data for it and all this stuff, and it's infected humans and how to get rid of it, which I do not endorse that. But at the end of the document, they do have a very interesting theory that I wanted to talk about. So, Dan, regarding dinosaurs, what is the main belief on how they went extinct? The main belief is that an asteroid came down, hit Earth, and wiped out all the little dinosaurs. Exactly. Dinosaurs just roaming around, comet, asteroid, meteorite, whatever it is, hit the Earth, and it causes a vapor canopy effect. Which, if you don't know what that is, it's pretty much just like it creates like a cloud that covers the entire world. So the entire earth becomes dark and damp for a period of time. It's pretty much just like kicking up dust, right? And then it covers the earth and is in the atmosphere. So that's how many people believe the dinosaurs died. Meteorite hit the earth, canopy effect, dark and damp environment for years. Okay. Okay. So this document proposes that... The comet asteroid meteorite, whenever it hit, it had a cosmic fungus on it, like an extraterrestrial fungus on it, and that the meteorite hit, it created the canopy effect, and the world turned dark and damp, which is perfect for this cosmic fungus to spread, and then it started spreading, growing out of control, killing all the dinosaurs and pretty much a lot of other life on Earth. And after I read that theory, I was like, damn, that's pretty good. Did this fungi come from the asteroid or meteorite, or is it just... Here on Earth? Kind of like, yeah, just here on Earth, just 
not doing anything yet. You, you're talking about the one that the, killed the dinosaurs? Or are you talking about the one that infected us, supposedly? The one that infected us. You call it the cosmic one. Okay, the one that infected us is supposedly came from pigeons, right? Yeah. And they carried it. But they're saying that maybe how the pigeons got it is that it was brought here from the asteroid or meteorite that hit Earth and killed the dinosaurs. And this fungus kind of spread and helped kill them. And then it lay dormant. And then a pigeon eventually picked it up somehow and then spread it to these humans that were living in this cave who then spread it to everybody else. Oh, so it did come from the asteroid, meteorite, whatever. Yeah, so some type of like AI fungus. And this got me thinking of my own theory. All right, you ready for this, Dan? I'm ready. This is called my human cosmic fungus. All right, now before I get into that, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. This is called my human cosmic fungus. So we know that modern humans appeared around 200,000 years ago, right? Then over 190,000 years later, between 4,000 and 3,000 BCE, humans began to develop a network of urban settlements and civilizations were created. So that made me wonder, why for over 190,000 years had there been no advancement in the human race? And then all of a sudden, boom, it just took off, right? Civilizations were created. Now, if you ask any scientist this question, they'll give you two answers. The first answer they'll probably give you is that humans at the time were waiting for the end of the Ice Age. And then once the Ice Age ended, they started to create civilizations, which, I mean, I don't really believe that. You think they waited around for 190,000 years? And then they're like, oh, well, it's time to create civilizations now that the ice caps have melted. Well, I mean, it could be possible that once ice caps did melt, that they had access to more different areas or deposits mineral deposits stuff like that yeah but i mean in the meantime couldn't they have created civilizations bunch of igloo empire state buildings <laughs> i don't know i mean they could they had a bunch of igloos maybe yeah possible now the second answer that scientists will give you is, is more like a theoretical kind of they'll say that humans had a genetic mutation that occurred in this hundred and ninety thousand year span and they call this genetic mutation the dissatisfaction gene. Now, this was a gene that supposedly made people feel like unsatisfied with their present situation. And because of that, they started moving around, creating civilizations, and making a better life for themselves. So those are the two like main theories that scientists kind of lean on as to why humans didn't have any development for like 190,000 years. Now, I have my own theory, okay? All right. What if... A fungus did come from outer space. This fungus then started infecting early humans, and then it slowly spread, eventually infecting everyone in the world. Now, this fungus is what gives humans their consciousness and their intelligence, which is why there was a large advancement in growth all of a sudden. However, this fungus also presents side effects such as illnesses, cancers, and many other things that we experience. So it's a kind of like a, you want your consciousness, you want your intelligence, well, you're going to have these side effects too. So this fungus comes from outer space, hits Earth, starts infecting people around four or 5,000 years ago, slowly spreading. And then that's why you see some of these really smart people pop up is because they got more of the infection than the other ones. Basically like a parasite. 
I mean, if you think about the ant, right, the zombie fungus in the ant, it takes over its body. What's to say that, you know, a fungus couldn't do that to humans? And I seriously think, you know, that thing that we got going on right now that we can't say, otherwise we automatically get flagged as misinformation, literally for just saying the word. I think our next thing is not going to be anything like that, like a virus. I think it's going to be like some type of fungus that's just going to run rampant because it can spread easily. Millions of spores are in the air and you aren't even aware of it that you're breathing it in. Imagine how easy it is for one of those funguses to spread and infect humans. I think that could be very bad for us. So with your theory, how like the ant got taken over by the parasitic fungi. So pretty much what humans were before the fungi infected us, we weren't just like a husk of, you know, skin and bones, but did we have a consciousness or something before then? No, I I would compare it more to like a, like a monkey. Like we had the animalistic instincts, but not like independent thought or thinking. And then once that parasitic fungus came and infected humans, it gave them this consciousness, this higher thinking, this wanting to do better for them to spread. Because you got to think about it. What's the fungi's most important thing? It wants to survive. It wants to spread. What are we wanting to do right now as humans? Populate and spread. We want to go out to Mars. Humans are like cockroaches, right? We just spread and consume everything, just like fungi. True. I don't know. I just thought it was fun to talk about, you know, theorize. No, it is fun to think about because it got me thinking over here just like, say if there were reptilians, could this have happened to like certain type of reptiles? Just like how from like the ape or whatever, we evolved into what we are now from this fungi. Oh, so you mean like reptilian people? Yeah. Okay. So you're saying like maybe a reptilian got infected with this and then transformed into... Reptilian. Okay. Or what we call a reptilian. I mean, the possibilities. Yeah. Because what's to say, like, since it did infect, say, an animal, and then, you know, the monkey or ape, whatever, and this is what we are now. So it could have affected some other type of animal or reptile or something like that. I I think it'd be possible. And I mean, to think, like, maybe that uh, this fungi wasn't natural. Maybe aliens or extraterrestrials or some AI or something is in the universe, and it creates this fungi. And just sends it out into outer space to populate other worlds. All these spores going through space and then it boop, hits an earth or other planet and lands. And then if the conditions are right, it populates it. We're a big alien science experiment. Pretty much. So yeah, that's my topic today. Cosmic fungus. Kind of scary to think about. It is. Now I'm just like looking deep in my soul to see if there's a fungi controlling me. <laughs> You are not you. You are a fungus. Dan. You are not the Danielson that we thought you were. Now go dig into the ground and start spreading your fingers out. When we die and then get buried into the ground, is that why we get buried? So we can spread back out? I always told people that what I want them to do with my body is I want, as soon as I die, deep freeze me, right? Mm-hmm. And then put me in like a lead-lined casket and then shoot me into outer space. I don't care where. As long as it's not at the sun, just shoot me in. Any other direction than that. You know, I told my mom that the other day that that's what I want to happen to me. Yeah, so eventually some, like, aliens are just traveling along. And they're like, what the hell is that? And they (laughs) pull me into their ship. And they're like, what the hell? Like, let's bring them back to life. They bring me back to life. And then 
I'm like, whoa, I wake up and I'm like in an alien spaceship. And uh, I'm like, take me back to Earth. Take me back to Earth. It's like thousands of years later. I come back like Jesus, right? <laughs> I am immortal. <laughs> I am from the year 2020 something. Y'all still doing podcasts? Oh, man. But yeah, that's what I want to happen with my body. I'd love to get shot out in space after I die. All right. Well, if you or a loved one has been shot out into space or you have theories regarding this fungi. Or if you are the fungi. If you are the fungi, send us an email. We'd love to hear about it. That was a good topic. I like that. Just wait till we get to our uh, Patreon episode. It is way weirder and I can't wait to tell you about it. All right, Dan, well, do you have anything else you want to add to our regular episode today before we transition to our on the scene? Uh, no, I'm good. All right. So that's the end of the uh, episode today. I hope everyone enjoyed it. We're going to get into our on the scene now. So if you are not familiar with what our on the scene is, it is where an individual, which is a listener, it could be anybody, submits us an audio uh, voicemail or an audio message via email of them interviewing individuals or maybe just telling us about the theory that they had. And uh, anyone can do this, including you. Just get your phone, record yourself or the person you're interviewing, talk about theories, conspiracies, or things that are happening in the world, and make sure it's less than two minutes long and send it to our emails. And we will put it in queue to play at the end of our show each week. All right, so this week's On the Scene is from Lucas and Rob. And we're going to play that right now. Hey, I'm Lucas, and I'm here with my friend Rob, and we are going to talk about mass psychosis. So, Rob, tell us about the beginnings of mass psychosis. So, apparently mass psychosis is when a significant part of the population uh, essentially loses its cool. I'm not an expert on this, obviously, but, um, yeah, a, a bunch of people just go crazy, and it's been historically documented uh, within the Dark Ages a few times, I believe, and uh, it can be seen within the witch trials, I believe, of the early colonial times as well. And you're thinking it's happening right now with all the social media, TikTok on the rise, it will spike soon or has it spiked? So I don't know if it's if, if it is happening now. I'm more leaning towards the side uh, that we are experiencing mass psychosis right now because if you think about at least in a historical sense, uh, within the development of uh, civilization. If you go from World War II to less than 20 years from then, you have a man on the moon. And then since then, at this point, I think if you haven't had mass psychosis and the stagnation of society at this point, you'd probably have men on Mars right now. I would think so. But you're sure that mass psychosis isn't the same thing as mind control? You're not being controlled right no, now. No, I, I, I don't think mind control is... Like, I think that's definitely outlandish. Mind, uh, mass psychosis is definitely also outlandish, but I think it's... Uh, maybe it's a cyclical phenomenon, I'm not sure, but it's. I think it's much more realistic than something like mind control. All right, thank you. Thank you, Rob. And back to the studio. Nice. Nice. Hey, Lucas. Sind euch Deutschland? You sounded like you were. Ooh, what if you're wrong? Uh, probably, I don't know. I'm bad figuring out where people are from. Me too. All right, uh, mass psychosis. Dan, do you think it's mind control, or do you think uh, a lot of people become influenced by others? 
I think people have become influenced by others. It's the age of influencers right now. I don't know, though. Mass psychosis, I think to a degree, maybe. But when you have, like, a lot of people in one space, or not in one space, but over a span of time, for an example, the, what was it, the dancing nuns? Was it the dancing nuns that we went over? Oh, the dancing plague? Dancing plague, yeah. Uh, The dancing plague of, of 1518. It's like a lot of people who just started dancing. I think it was, what, like 400, 300, 400 people who just started dancing and they couldn't stop? Yeah, then you had the meowing nuns. <laughs> I don't think they're, like, being influenced. I think some, but I think there's an underlying cause. I, I mean, I still believe it's, like, a lot of it has to do with being influenced, but, I mean, there could be a slight thing of mass psychosis. Maybe. Dancing plague, meowing nuns. I'm sure there was another one, too. Oh, the, uh... Lumberjacks in Maine. Lumberjacks in Maine? What are you talking about? They were doing something weird. I did a theory of their say on them, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. All right, regardless, I want to thank you, Lucas and Rob, for your on the scene this week. Send in another one. I love them. Yeah, it was good. All right, so now we are going to transition into shout-outs. I'm going to start off with Instagram shout-outs, if you're cool with that, Dan. Of course. Instagram shout-outs... I want to shout out Octavius Valdez. I want to shout out Cody Washburn. I want to shout out Shadow. Said, hey, can I get a birthday shout out for my wife? Her birthday is on the 7th. Let her know I love her. Uh, Even though she's turning 30, she's a huge Queen fan. So he's requesting that you and Dan sing her happy birthday in y'all's best Freddie Mercury voice. And that, uh, side note, he's officially ran out of episodes to listen to on regular and Patreon. Best Freddie Mercury voice. Oh, God. I don't even know how to do Freddie Mercury. I'm having to look it up just to hear it. Just so I... <laughs> He had extra teeth. That's why his voice was so unique. He had a bunch of teeth. Like your mouth shape and all that determines how your voice sounds. So, I don't have extra teeth. No, and he had, some, he had some pretty big front teeth, too, though. Oh, yeah. Giant ones. Um, let's see. <laughs> All right, you want to do that first line, and then I'll do the second one? <laughs> All right, Dan, you ready? We're going to do uh, Time Waits for Nobody. You ready? Get the guitar out. Okay, hang on. Time waits for nobody. Time waits for nobody. Happy birthday, Shadow's wife. Yeah, happy birthday. That's the best quick happy birthday Freddie Mercury song you're going to get, okay? Yeah, I can't do his uh, actual singing. All right, uh, shout out to Tori, Kennedy Chavez. Shout out to Lars Dalquist, Chelsea M, Turner Bryan, Jarrett Poston, Elisa Dagnall, Memphis Mafia. Well, not the actual Memphis Mafia, but that's their name, okay? Waters Atkins, and Jim Yielding, and Kate. Okay, that's the Instagram for the show. Now I'm going to go to my personal Instagram. I want to shout out uh, Beth James, Charlie, Christine Levia Alstelido, Bradley, and Luke, and one more, um, Doughboy DB, or BD, Doughboy BD says, hey, can I get a shout out? Uh, my birthday is June 22nd. 
I make rap music. So if you want to spice it up and make it into a rap, and make sure that Dan does it. Dan, you got a rap. I got a rap. Yeah. Doughboy DB. Doughboy DB. That's a birthday shout-out? Doughboy DB. Or just a shout-out? Birthday. Birthday. Yeah. Oh, birthday. It's just a, you got to do a rap birthday. Do one or two lines. All right. Uh, happy birthday, Doughboy DB. I don't know who you be, but I'm just going to say happy birthday to you, sir. There. Give it a two out of a ten. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I will go with it though. We'll go with it. Okay. Um, let's see. Do you want me to wait for my email shout outs after you do Facebook ones? You want to do that? Yeah, I do. I only got like a couple for Facebook real quick. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and uh, do Facebook shout outs and then I'll transition to my email shout outs. All right. First shout out is from Josh E. Him and his kids love the show. And his son's name is Colton. His birthday was, he turned four and his birthday was June 27th. He just wanted a birthday shout out to Colton. So happy birthday, Colton. Congrats on turning four. Congratulations on turning four. I love you. I'm, I'm proud of you. That's right. Uh, shout out to Caden S. Let's see. Brittany D. Stephen O. Chase P. Let's see. Jake B. Thank you, son. His birthday is, let's see, he messaged last Thursday. His birthday was Sunday. So happy birthday to Jake B. Happy birthday, Jake B. Love you. Proud of you. Uh, bacon Lyricalist. <laughs> Shout out to you. Let's see, JB, John R, Lucas C. Let's see, Num, see, Tanya HS. Paul, Paul and Chelsea, shout out to you too. See, make sure I don't miss anything in the messages. Uh, Tyler G, Gary S, Brianna H. Thank you for the compliment. <laughs> that's it for Facebook. Ooh, nice. All right, so I got three birthday shout outs from my email. This first one comes from Colt Jack Fish. Oh. I guess that's his name. I don't know said, hey, I've been listening to your podcast on my way home, on my way to work, at work, on my way home from work, and Sunday morning with my fiance. I absolutely can't get enough content. Both of our birthdays are in July, July 1st and 11th. I was hoping you could give us both a shout out. And it's for Kiristin, Kiristin, I think that's how you pronounce your name. How, how do you spell it? K-U-I-R-S-T-I-N. Oh. Kristen, Kristen, Kirsten, Kirsten. It's for Kirsten, Kirsten, Kirsten. I'm just going to go with that. And Colt. Okay. So Dan's going to sing you happy birthday. Take it away, Dan. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Kirsten and Colt. <laughs> All right. I like it. So the next uh, shout out I'm going to give to Aaron Larson. He sent an email and said, hey, you and Dan do a great job. I look forward to new episodes every Thursday. I was introduced to your show by my sister, Erica Mays. She's an Mays. I think I pronounced that last name right. Hopefully I did. Uh, she's an avid fan of you guys and always texts me to make sure that I've listened to the newest episode. Damn, what a great sister. That's a great sister. Her birthday is July 2nd. Could you give her a happy birthday shout-out for me? She would love it. Also, we both have some pretty cool Bigfoot and UFO stories that our papa told us about since we were kids. 
Thank you for the good work. You can use our names. All right. So I just want to give this birthday shout out to Erica Mays. All right. Sorry we missed your birthday. It was three days ago as of today, but when you listen to this, it's going to be five days ago. I hope you had a great birthday. And I just want to tell you, take it away, Dan. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Happy birthday, Erica. Happy birthday. Erica. Nice. Last birthday shout out goes to Rachel G. She said, I just love you guys. You're such dorks in the very best ways, and your podcast is one of my top three to go to. My 30th birthday is June 27th, and I'm so looking forward to this new phase of my life. Love you long time. She really did say so like that. She put a lot of O's. Oh, okay. She did say that uh, she camped out in her backyard all week with her son for her birthday, and uh, thanks for getting back to me, because I did email her back, because I didn't get that email until Thursday when we already recorded in, uh, of last week. She said, you're the best. She had a great birthday. Thanks for getting back to me. And she's a little reluctant to admit this, but uh, she has the biggest crush on me. Thank you for being you. Nice. I have a big crush on Aaron, too. <laughs> if you met me, you wouldn't have it. I'm just kidding. Well, thank you for that, Rachel. Very flattered, to say the least. Dan, do you want to take it away and sing her happy birthday? Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Rachel. Have her name. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Nice. I'm just going to start doing it straight in metal like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, so we did get a few more emails for birthdays, like, but they're, they're not till next week. Yeah. All right. So that's all the birthday email shout outs I got. Uh, do you have any, Dan? I do not. The one that I had, you already said. Nice. Oh, wait. I do have one more shout out in my email. It's from... Alex, he's from Canada, and him and his girlfriend uh, listen to us on road trips, and they're currently driving across Canada, east to west, and they always have us on when they drive. Well, you know what? I'm proud of you. Pay attention to those roads. There's some crazy people out there, and I hope your journey goes well. Love you, and I'm proud of you. That's right. Drive safe. Crazy people on the road. All right. So, that's the end of our shout-outs. Uh, so do you have anything else you want to add to today's episode before we roll this out, Dan? Anything you want to say? Any words of encouragement or anything to the listeners? Uh, I hope everyone had a great 4th of July. Everyone partied safe, had fun with the family and everything. Other than that, I'm good. I hope you didn't blow your hands off or fingers off of fireworks. I almost did. Oh, God. Save that story for Patreon. I want to hear it. Yeah, I'll just leave that for Patreon. All right, well. I want to thank you all for joining us today. And again, thank you for your support. If you can't get enough of us for some odd reason, you can go to our Patreon, sign up. It's only $5 and you get access to 112 extra episodes. So yeah. That's a lot of episodes. <laughs> but uh, if you don't, eh, it's okay. You are all still amazing. Every single one of you. So with that being said, Dan, you want to roll us out? Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you are not alone. Thank you for participating in this activity. Theories of the Third Kind will be back next week. Why are you still here listening? 
Are you waiting for Daniel or Aaron to come back? In a few weeks they will be with me. Goodbye.